This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. There are 1,500 classrooms in West Virginia without accredited teachers. And there are lots of opinions about what it will take to fill those slots. Many point to money, but that's not the only thing. It's more than just pay. A lot of it's about respect, and a lot of it's about the fact that we are expected to wear many different hats. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. West Virginians broke records in Affordable Care Act enrollment numbers. Emily Rice has more. During the Affordable Care Act's 10th open enrollment period, West Virginia saw an increase of nearly 23 percent, the sixth highest increase in the nation. West Virginia's own First Choice Services was awarded $1,050,000 to continue and expand the West Virginia Navigator Program, which provides free assistance to people finding and selecting health care options through the marketplace, Medicaid, and CHIP. It's really different for every family, and that's why it can be so confusing because we can't just send out blanket information on this is the best way to do it because every family is going to be different. West Virginia Navigator is encouraging anyone who loses their health coverage any time during the year to contact them to find out what their options are. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Students in Berkeley County stayed home from school Monday following a security incident involving a Friday network outage that limited IT operations. Shepard Snyder has more. The county school district is currently trying to restore access to the network, working with both cybersecurity professionals and local law enforcement to find the cause of the incident. The county is also investigating if any personal data from students was compromised. A public statement from county superintendent Ronald Stevens says it is unknown if any personal data has been breached at this time, but the district will notify those affected and provide resources to help protect against potential information misuse. Berkeley County Schools services nearly 20,000 students, according to its Facebook page. An email from Berkeley County Schools to West Virginia Public Broadcasting says they'll provide an update once the investigation is complete and the network is back online. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. Monday afternoon, school officials announced schools would reopen Tuesday while the investigation continues. The House Finance Committee passed a bill Monday that bolsters the Northern Panhandle's Form Energy Project. Randy Yowie has more. House Bill 2882 confirms the state spending $105 million to support the Form Energy Project, bringing a new-age battery plant with 750 jobs to the old Weirton Steel plant site. Some delegates and a committee member voiced concerns about the risk involved. Delegate Doug Scaff, a Democrat from Kanawha County, was among a committee majority supporting the state funding. Other states are doing this. They are spending. They are investing. And I'm just blessed that we have an opportunity to compete now. The total public support by the state of West Virginia for the project is $300 million, including the peace delegates are advancing. Form Energy has pledged putting up at least $350 million. The bill now goes to the House floor for approval. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. 
The first field hearing of the U.S. House Committee on Ways and Means met in Petersburg Monday morning. Emily Rice has more. The House Committee on Ways and Means held its first field hearing to give citizens the chance to voice their small businesses' needs to the federal government. Representatives from across the U.S. heard from West Virginian small business owners, workers, and families about how they have been affected by inflation, supply chain problems, and high energy costs. Representative Carol Miller, Republican, welcomed her colleagues to her home state. I am really excited for the opportunity today to be able to highlight some of the stories of hard-working West Virginians and the unnecessary struggles that they face because of an overreaching federal government. The committee plans to travel across the nation to hold these field hearings over the next two years. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. After four years of work, the rail line between Cass and Durban in Pocahontas County has reopened. The West Virginia Division of Highways rebuilt a bridge over Trout Run. The bridge was destroyed in the Election Day flood of 1985, and the 15 miles of track have been out of service ever since. The Cass Scenic Railroad intends to operate trains for the public over the reopened line starting in the spring. This month, one of Cass's signature Shea-geared steam locomotives operated over the track and bridge. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 749. Mostly cloudy and breezy today, a chance of afternoon rain, highs in the 50s and 60s. Tonight, a chance of rain with lows in the 40s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Seva Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSavaLaw.com. If nothing else, the state's political, business, and community leaders generally agree that a quality education is the key to West Virginia's future. With low test scores on one side of the desk and concerning worker shortages on the other, education was a focal point going into this legislative session. Chris Schultz sat down with Senator Amy Grady the Senate Education Committee Chair, and Delegate David Elliott Pritt, the House Minority Vice Chair of the Education Committee, to learn more about what's being done to secure the state's future. I'd like to start with uh, the very simple issue of staffing in our schools. Um, I, I joke, of course. Um, We've heard a lot about pay and compensation. I, I just sat down with a couple of teachers on Thursday, and they said basically, you know, it would be wonderful to, to get uh, more, uh, 
Um, but that's not really the, the core issue that's driving people away from the profession. Um, I'm lucky enough to have two teachers in front of me here, uh, one of who, whom has actually taken a role in, in addressing this issue in the House. Like, what can you tell us about what the House has done on the issue of, of teacher and employee pay in schools? Yeah. So we have passed through House education a couple robust uh, pay increases for service personnel and teachers. And we've also passed through a school discipline bill that they, they say will help handle discipline. We'll talk a little bit later on about that, I think. Uh, but it's more than just pay. A lot of it's about respect, and a lot of it's about the fact that we are expected to wear many different hats. We're not just teacher. We're fulfilling the role of parent. We're fulfilling the role of counselor. We're fulfilling the role of provider. Uh, and it's everyone's burnout. A lot of people in this profession are burnout because of the, the workload that we have. So, I would add to that. Um, it is a lot more than just pay. You know, West Virginia has one of the lowest costs of living in any state. So you could argue that, that our pay is not high enough, but we do have at least that benefit. But it is the feeling of being overwhelmed. You know, when you leave the school building at 3 o'clock, you're not leaving your work. You're not, you know, a lot of other jobs, when you clock out of that building, you're going home and you're relaxing. The teachers take their work with them. They're tired of working extra hours into the evening, taking it away from their, their, their families, taking it away from other things they could be doing, but they feel a responsibility to do that. So they don't relinquish that and say, well, I'm just going to leave this at school. I'm not going to take care of it because we're dealing with kids. We're dealing with our students and humans and making sure that they have what they need. So. It's, it's an issue I feel like of more of them. I'm overwhelmed. We have a lot to do and not enough time to do it. So uh, I'm really glad that you both have jumped onto this issue uh, early on. Um, you know, the word that I heard when I was speaking to these teachers on Thursday was respect. I, I believe that same day in your education committee, Senator, that word respect came up when you were hearing from, um, you know, uh, AFT and WVEA. Um, I am curious, though, you know, legislating pay is relatively simple. Obviously, the fiscal note and the question of the budget does come up, but that's something that's possible. It's within the realm mm -hmm. of legislation. How do you legislate respect and, and you know, narrowing the, the scope of what a teacher has to do in the 24 hours that we all have to share? Senator? It is, and it is a problem. And I say that all the time. You can't legislate, like, morality. You can't legislate respect. You can't legislate certain character traits that, that we need people to have. And that's, that's, that's everywhere. When we have our, our students and um, students and parents, and then they get this idea that not to respect teachers, um, I think it's just a generational thing that we're going through, honestly. And um, I, I look at we have a bill. I think I have a bill in this education committee. House Education passed it over 2890, deals with student discipline, and I've looked at that. That and what I, what I gather from that bill is teachers don't feel backed up by their administrators. You know, if a teacher's having a problem with a student in class over and over and over again, we shouldn't have to write legislation that says you can do something about that student. This, this teacher should be able to go to their administrator and say, hey, this, this student is interrupting the, the learning process for every student in my classroom on a daily basis. I need him or her removed so that, that this can take place. But they don't feel like they have that, that support. So now we're looking at looking at legislation that basically addresses every single discipline issue in like a cookie cutter fashion, and that you know that's that's not okay. But we're kind of to that point, yep. um, and and I think the intent of the bill is great. Uh, but I think there's a lot of discussion that we still well, have. Well, speaking it. of discussion, I, I don't think it's a good bill. I mean, I tried to amend it several times on the floor of the house, and the last amendment I offered, every active educator in the house voted for it. 
And so that should show you that it's, I mean, it was best practice and good policy. Um, to me, the bill just looked like uh, someone heard a couple anecdotal stories of maybe constituents complaining to them. So they just said, well, I'll write a bill about to fix that. And then just said, well, that'll fix it all. It's very broad. It's, it's, it's not a good bill. I mean, there's already discipline procedures in code. To me, that's an administration issue. It, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. We don't need to legislate discipline in that, in that fashion. County boards of education and county superintendents need to make sure that their administrators are doing their jobs. That's the issue. Um, but that was, that was my whole holdup with the bill. I tried to amend it to make it better, but you know how it goes. So. It also addresses K-12. Yeah. You know, the way a kindergarten student is disciplined or, or what could be deemed as disruptive with a kindergarten or first grade student is entirely different than a ninth, 10th, 11th grade student. Short story, I can remember my own son in first grade, he'll probably kill me for saying this out loud, but he was in my, in my school. And I remember I was going to his classroom to talk to his teacher about something. I glanced in the window and I saw him fall out of his desk. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? So I go in and he, he pops up about the time I come in and he pops up and he's a T-Rex. So he's... <laughs> And then he proceeds to stomp around the classroom, and I had to say, hey, Rhett, what are you doing? He's like, oh, hi, Mom. He was in his whole dinosaur world as a six-year-old. Was that disruptive? Probably. But this could be viewed, you see what I mean? Yeah. It could be viewed as a disruption if it mm-hmm. constantly happens. And six-year-olds often get yeah. in their own in- imaginations. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a one-size-fits-all for a situation that is not a one-size-fits-all. It's a, yeah, it's an awful bill. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, and the language, the personality clash. I mean, I they struggled to offer a definition to what that even meant. And so, your son, for instance, I mean, if he had been a T Rex three to- three days in a row, they're going to suspend him for acting like a dinosaur in class. And then that sounds like it's ridic- a ridiculous, a yeah. ridiculous but that's um, example. A, that's a school. But that's but, the kind of stuff that happens. It, the, the language is so broad that it, yeah. it could be deemed as that, and that's the concern. You know, yeah. is um. That was Senator Amy Grady and Delegate David Elliott Pritz speaking with Chris Schultz for the legislature today. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website and tune in every night at 6 p.m. for more daily coverage of the 2023 legislative session. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.